0: welcome to the Jackcast, your swansea city podcast i'm matt brocco and i'm joined as ever by steve carroll evening steve evening we have a special guest on the pod this evening uh wales online reporter covering swansea city tom coleman evening tom thanks so much for joining us evening matt thanks for thanks for having me on well, this would this be a cracker really because you've come into the Swans, you've taken over the reins as Swansea City reporter on Wales Online from Ian Mitchell Moore, a good friend of the pod. Um, it must have been a bit of a whirlwind six months or so for you. You've already onto your second or third manager, perhaps. It's a bit of a baptism of fire for you. Yeah, it's um, it's it, 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 it's been interesting.
1: I, I, I'll say that. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't really expecting to be on my third manager at this stage of the season um but um yeah I think after after spending an entire month trying to work out who the next manager was going to be I've got to be honest the the overriding emotion when uh, Luke Williams was unveiled was and I'm sure you guys share this and I'm sure many of your listeners do was was just total relief really that we can just crack on with the rest of the season and kind of just stop talking about it, really. But uh, yeah, no. But um, looking forward to the Luke Williams era. Um, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. We have a bit of a st- stable and um, and yeah, normal
0: season, dare I say? But um, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah, Swansea City and normal don't often get uh, mentioned in the same sentence, today. but But um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because I think we we're all in the same boat uh, when Duff was sacked. Was we're okay, don't rush because obviously we want the next one needs to be right. At the moment when Duff was sacked, we were looking perhaps that we could get sucked into a bit of a problematic situation here now. We're not that far away from the bottom three. We don't want to rush, panic and end up in another situation where we're sacked another manager in March, April. It would be catastrophic for the club. And and so we were, but a month, a whole month goes by. It's, Steve, I mean, the whole thing was just dragged on, didn't it?
2: Yeah, it did. I mean, I think I said on last week's pod that when the Chris Davis deal fell through, I did have a bad feeling then with us starting from scratch and the Christmas period on the horizon that, you know, we would be waiting then until the new year. And that's that's what's happened, isn't it? I mean, I think there are things to learn as ever, um, whether we will learn them or not. I don't know, because this isn't the first time that we've been in a situation like this, um, where things have dragged on or we've missed our first target. Um But I think the overall outcome in the end is is a good one. Luke Williams very much seems like a Swansea City type of manager, possession heavy. Um, If you look at the amount of goals, Notts County have been scoring as well. Um, I think there's a lot to be encouraged about. We have to be a bit patient with it, obviously. But in the end, we have done a good job, but it took far too long. That is an issue. and, And... you know, at the end of the day, we're we're lucky that we picked up as many points as we did. I think with the eleven points from seven games, it didn't really do us any harm, did it? But I mean, it could easily have, if we're honest. Performances probably didn't reflect the results that we got. So, but look, we've we've come through that period now, and we can hopefully look to move forward, can't we?
0: Yeah, let's let's take it back then to um to when when you took over those reins, Tom, in the summer. Um, as you come in. Russell Martin's heading out the other door. Um, he's on his way to Southampton, and for all intents and purposes, we still think the conversation hasn't been sorted with that, which is another thing that's just dragged on and on. But, so welcome, <coughs> Michael Duff, uh, a man who promised, in his words, high-octane football, winning the ball back with high pressure, etc., etc. never really came to fruition, did it, mate? I mean, there was a feeling as well that it wouldn't, not just because the, the personnel weren't capable or anything like that, but the fact that they don't think they he ever really had buy-in he never whether it's his demeanor, his lack of charisma, not just to the press but what you can imagine what's has been like behind closed doors, you never got the players coming out saying positive things about him in the press, so not only did he fail to win over the fans, but you have to think he's failed to win over the players since he came in as well, and that ultimately led to his sacking yeah, and i think I think the point about the players is. Is very very important
1: i think you know when when he when duff was dismissed it you know it did kind of start coming out that some of the players on the training ground had perhaps been questioning some of his methods um i think look my my, my problem with duff is that i didn't i didn't even really see what he was trying to do and i think that i think that was probably the, the, the problem that a lot of fans had to be fair and you know, when things are going badly and you can't even see what the direction is supposed to be, it's it's quite difficult to take take people along with you. And I mean, you touched up touched upon it there about what he was saying in the press. I mean, some of the things he was saying in the press were just let's let's be frank. Some of them were pretty. There were some pretty stupid comments in there. <laughs> I
0: mean,
1: down, downplaying the derby, you you don't do that, um, and you definitely don't do that when you've lost your your opening well, not lost, but not won, you're, you're opening six or seven games or whatever. Um, and then, you know, after QPR saying that, you know, I'm not really here to please the fans, I'm here to win games. Well, wasn't really doing either at that point. Um, so, you know, there they, they just didn't seem to be any kind of attempt to sort of bring people <coughs> along. I thought it was very, very telling when when Luke was unveiled. I mean, we sat down for about 25 minutes after his press conference in front of the broadcast media and um, you know we were talking about his time his time as an assistant with russ and um, you know the first thing he mentioned that unprompted was that 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 3-0 against cardiff that he was there for and you know the importance of sort of i guess trying to bottle that feeling of having that st- he, he, the, the the moment he picked out was um when they went three 0 up, and he turned round to someone in the crowd, and they locked eyes, and were sort of just going absolutely nuts at each other. And he he was basically giving that as a kind of example, an example of trying to bottle up the feeling of unity that's important for um, you know for sort of bringing people, bringing fans along with the team, um, and talking about, I guess, the special things that teams can kind of achieve with that. And you know, he was talking, about, he was he was saying similarly. Saying similar things happened at Notts County when um, when they got promoted. And, you know, they went through a bit of a tough spell towards the end of that season in the National League. Um, mm-hmm. Fans getting on their backs and, and, you know, they were 2-0 down in that playoff semi final. And he was talking about all of this stuff. And um, none of it was really, none of what he was saying was <laughs> really about, like, his philosophy on on football, how he wants to play, any of that. That didn't seem to be the primary thing. The primary thing was... You know, we've got to get fans on board, and you know, that that three-hour conversation that he had with Andy Coleman, from what I understand, that was a very, very important part of that conversation, um, because you know the hierarchy, Andy Coleman, in particular, I think is very, very aware of the discontent that's that's happening on the terraces right now, and you know I think he himself, I well, I, I hope he does anyway. I hope he understands the importance of, of bringing everyone together, because you know if you haven't got the fans on board it's a lot more difficult but I mean coming back to, to the thing with Duff you know if you haven't got the fans on board and you haven't got uh, if you're not making an effort to bring the fans on board when things are going badly on the pitch it's just a matter of time really before before the inevitable happens and sure enough that's that, that, that that's
0: what occurs Yeah and 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 sticking with you mate because of course when you have that sack and then following the one all home draw with Huddersfield you're thinking Right, OK. Well, it's a, obviously a lot of the fans, the majority of the fans then feel a sense of relief because the season was going, well, if it was going anywhere, it was going the wrong direction. It was turgid, it was uninspiring. It was just nothing really to get get behind. As you say, there wasn't a lot for the manager to buy into either. So his sacking felt like a sense of relief in the stands as well. Um, and then you've got this situation with, uh, from your perspective, I imagine, as a reporter, you're thinking... Right, okay, now I get to change t- change pace a little bit now. now it's all about you 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 delve into the the speculation side you 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 dealing with uh bookies' odds and new little rumors coming out day and day out about who might be being spoken to by the club um at least initially that must have been a nice change of pace, having dealt with that for uh <laughs> for three or four months um how at what point did that become tedious for you having to go through it for a whole month with the speculation? Uh, the the a without a doubt with Boxing Day, that was just miserable. I
1: mean, it was just absolutely horrible. And I know Southampton are a good team, and, and you know they've got some quality players. And you know, we all we all know what Russell Martin teams are like. Um, but I mean, that was it's rare that even even in some of the previous games, mm. you could kind of have a glimmer of positivity. There wasn't anything in that. It was just absolutely horrendous from start to finish. I don't think anyone really came out of that with any credit um, and I kind of thought you know it has to be it has to be now this is going to happened now because like it, it, this club looks so directionless and so just completely lacking conviction in anything they're doing at the moment um, and that's not that's nothing against Alan Sheehan by the way because I you know I, I think Alan Sheehan on the whole did a pretty good job Yeah it just looks so unsustainable and I, I certainly didn't expect it to rumble on for another week or so, or whatever. You know, I had thought, you know, this has to be the moment where uh, the
0: ownership have to act. It's a bit crazy, wasn't it? Because I think even she and kept giving you updates, saying, you know, it should happen this week. Or I'm hoping to hear some news. So he was almost felt like he was in as in the dark as anyone. Um, rolling it back a few weeks, though, it looked like it was all done and dusted with. Chris Davis coming back to the club, that seemed to fall apart um, almost within a few hours. It was of him being, it's going to be announced tonight, it's going to be after the game. That and I rumours he was going to be at the game. Um, It just all fell apart, mate.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, from what I understand, he wasn't at the game, but he was in Swansea. Um, So tells you how close it was. I mean, it was really, really close. I don't know exactly why he he made the U-turn. I don't know if it was a case of someone moving the goalpost a little, or, or I don't know. I, I really, really don't know what happened. But certainly, everyone I spoke spoke to about it was very, very confident that Chris Davis was going to be the next manager. Um, so I think in that, I mean, in that respect, I do kind of have a certain degree of sympathy for the hierarchy because, like, you can't legislate for someone having that late of a U-turn.
0: Um, Unless like, they move the goalposts, as you say, that would be the only thing where you go, "Well, you've you've done yourselves over there, boys." Yeah, perhaps, but I mean, I, I'm
1: I'm I'm completely speculating on that. Mm, I mean, mm. it's it, it, it's we we don't know the reasons, but you know, from what I understand, it was it was in a signature of of getting done. Um, so that just tells that's just how close it was, and you know, Chris. I mean, he, he he does know the club a little bit. He must know. He must have done his research and his background, so he kind of must have known, must have had some idea what he was getting into. Um, so even if they did move the goalposts, he he, he kind of think well, he knew what the deal was to some extent. But anyway, I mean, I I think the, the the signal wasn't really losing Chris Davis though throughout the manager search. It was the way. That things were handled after that, I think mm. frustration really, really started to boil over because it did. It, it just reeked of the manager search just going completely back to square one, and that's I, I think that's pretty much how
0: it, how
1: it ended up. I mean, I think Williams was
0: probably on the uh, probably on the radar from time, um, so was Eric Ramsey, but
1: clearly, you know. When you're so far down the line with one candidate, it's quite difficult to put the groundwork in on another, if that makes sense. So yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just a chaotic, chaotic mess in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, if you're listening to this, you probably got a little bit of interference through that. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if either of you moving about there. We just got a little, got the ninety yeah, percent. I could hear
2: a little bit of interference as well.
0: <laughs> we got like ninety percent of what you were saying there, Tom. But yeah, absolutely. In terms of where the club were going, you've used the word directionless um there, which I think is a great great word to come into. I mean, Steve. Sheehan as 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 Tom said there, to, to take over in those difficult circumstances and obviously his question's always gonna be like, Well, are you in the frame? Where's the situation at? because well, he's the he's the face of the club at this point then. Um and he's had to deal with it, but he's managed to somehow get a get a half decent return um during that month of well, chaos really. It's everyone's just trying to see what's going on at the club.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I did say earlier, I thought a lot of the performances weren't great. I mean, it's quite strange how one of the better ones, Middlesbrough, was one where we ended up getting nothing from. But unfortunately, that was our fault, wasn't it? Because we, we gave away such a terrible goal to end up losing. But I mean, Tom touched on the Southampton game. I mean, that was a disaster. You can't look at that any other way. Um, but overall, 11 points from seven games. Look, it's, it's a good return. Would Duff have got 11 points? I'm really not sure he would have, to be honest. Too. Um, so it's that is a decent return. I mean, but whether that would have carried on for much longer, I don't really know, to be honest. I think there was definitely, um, you know, directionless was a, a good word uh, that Tom used to describe this. there. Uh, really, I think it did just seem as if we didn't know what we were doing. And now we've got somebody in, we, we should have that again now. So that's the main thing. I think I'm just glad it's been, it has been sorted. Although Sheehan did overall do a, a decent job, but he wasn't the right man for the job either. I don't think he's quite inexperienced. The, the football wasn't what I was looking for. You know, he was pretty good, I think, at bringing people together and his his comments in the press were a lot better than Duff, but certainly wasn't um, the, the next man for the job, in my opinion.
0: No, and finally, finally, Tom, <laughs> a long, long wait. In fact, all of our long waits come to an end uh, when Luke Williams is officially announced. It was I mean, even that, that was speculated like two days, two and a half days before it actually finally made it official. Um, I think about six or seven clubs in the championship alone sacked and replaced their managers before we did. It's unbelievable how long it took. And even when Luke Williams was announced unofficially, there was still little bits to go through with Notts County, get things signed, yada, yada. It seemed to go on forever. But as you said at the very top, Tom, the sense of relief once that was done.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it was pretty much done the night before it was announced, to be honest with you. But (laughs) with the the way that Davis ended, um, I think the the longer the wait went on, even I was getting a bit twitchy because, I mean, even I was putting texts in sort of every hour or so, being like, is everything still all right? Is everything still happening? How are we looking? And, you know, I think yeah, you know, someone at Swansea basically, more or less, told me to shut up because it's like it's <laughs> going to happen, Tom. Don't worry about it. It's going to happen. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the late holdup was. I think it was something to do with, um, from what I understand, it was it was a bit of external paperwork. I think it was, I'm not entirely one hundred percent sure on this, but I think it was something to do with the LMA. Um, so it wasn't anything to do with with Swansea and Notts County the the, the holdup. Um, so I mean, everything was. More or less completely done, and in fact, I, I, there was um, there was quite a few Swans fans on, on on Twitter who were pretty eagle-eyed, not just pointing out the uh, the hilarious contract that Luke Williams was signing, um, where he was taking guardianship of Silver Swan, but um, also uh, spotting his the time on his watch. So I think yeah, yeah, he was doing all the media stuff at the club by about half seven that evening. So. But, uh, <laughs> that, that that I appreciate. That, that doesn't really to your question as to why it dragged on for so long. In fact, if anything, it probably exacerbates it. But yeah, no, it it really there was a a little bit of a late sort of twitchiness, but yeah, I mean to to to, to get it done, I think has um, settled a lot of nerves. And as I, as I said in my report from from Saturday, you know, the sight of him in the dugout is going to come as a huge comfort, and hopefully. Um, hopefully smooth over some of the, some of the unpleasantness that we've seen over the last few weeks. Um, but
0: obviously, you know, he's he's got to get results at the end of the day. I mean, hard work starts now. Yeah. And, and it's, Steve, we, we touched on this in the last podcast last week, but in the sense of um, the fans will give him um, the time, as you saw with, with, with Russell Martin. I mean, he had a horrendous run of form towards uh, middle of last season, but managed at the end of it to come out with the majority of the fans' support intact. And and that is a testament to how he was with, with the fans of the club and having that unity and things. Um, we heard bits and pieces about certain senior players almost going to the chairman and the board. And it's them that Luke Williams needs to convince, I think, that this is the way forward and this is the way Swansea City need to play and need to do things because this has brought about our more successful era potentially ever. Um, And you look at that and say, if there are certain senior players that have gone to the board and gone to certain figures in the hierarchy of Swansea City to say, Luke Williams is your man, then you already have a level of buy-in then that never came with his with the previous manager. You always have a will in from people around. It is the owners that need to open their eyes up to this, isn't it? And the, the chairman, I know Coleman has spoken about it in the press and how he's spoken when he wants to make things right and talking about the Swansea way. Um, as Tom said, it'll come down to him proving that not just he can play this way, but he can get results and success doing so
2: well I think we've already seen a couple of big clues already on this um, on Monday we had Jerry Yates doing an interview praising the manager and on Tuesday we've had Matt Grimes saying something similar I mean I can't remember a player coming out and saying similar about Michael Duff in all the time he was here so these like little subtle things sometimes are telling you something so I think he's already, there's two players already that he's got on side I mean it probably won't be just those two I mean they are two of our more senior players Grimes obviously is the captain um, you know if, if he's got their support, then the chances are he'll have a lot of other people's support as well. So that and that's you know, after only a matter of, of days. So I think the the board, have, I've, I've got to learn lessons, as you were saying, really. I mean, they, they made a bad mistake in the summer. To be fair, they corrected it quicker than I may have expected them to. But they've just got to learn now that next time we need a manager, they've got to go down this route of possession-based philosophy, guys, rather than anybody else. Because... You know, that's not a way that we're going to be successful. We need you know, a clear plan. If we're going to have to make a change, then it needs to be someone similar that still wants to work with the players that they've got in general rather than the squad needing a big expensive overhaul because we may well need another one of those now coming up because obviously we've gone for a different type of manager. It just makes sense just to stick with it, doing it that way because that's what we did You know, when we rose up through the divisions. And moving away from it hasn't done us any good, is it? So I think we certainly need to learn those lessons. But I mean, this board of, well, some of the newer people are on it obviously I haven't been here long, but I mean, the, the majority shareholders have been here a while now and uh, they've not really shown signs of learning, have they? So I'm skeptical on that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the newer additions to the board having come in over the summer um, carry a degree of. Uh, benefit of the doubt, but of course the, the the main man at the top he's still there and he still has a significant say in what's going on, doesn't he? So um but we've we discussed at length our feelings on Jason Levian and um and, and how we see his role hopefully deteriorating at the club as as new investors or people with money come in and want to have a bigger say and hopefully there's a there's a there's a moving of changing of the guard if you like then. Um, Tom, I was speaking to Steve earlier, actually, and talking about when um, Roberto Martinez came in at Swansea, uh, taking over for Kenny Jacket. That was partway through the season, and that was a change in style as well to take it. But he had a mid-table team with an opportunity to work on the style without any real threat of being in a tussle in May at either end of the table. Um, and it's, it's just so many similar parallels there to what Luke Williams has come into. And again, we talk about Sheehan dragging us away from that immediate danger. Of course, you know, it's still a long way to go in this season, but he's got the breathing space now has need to be able to work on things without immediately thinking, right, we need to pick up three points today, lads.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, I mean, one of the reasons that Andy Colman gave for, for, for the search going on as long as it did is that, you know, the pressure was kind of, well, not off, but eased by by how successful Sheehan, Sheehan had been in his interim interim tenure. Um, and I think, you know, where Swansea are, I think Sheehan deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure how much there is to add on that point, really. I think, you know... It, Patience is is going to be needed, um, as it was under Russ. I think there's clearly some 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 shortcomings in that squad. Um, there's certain players who I'm quite looking forward to seeing under under Luke Williams. I mean Bashir Humphreys I think is one. I mean for me that is that's a that's a Russell Martin type signing for me. I mean he's not he's not. I I don't want to be harsh on that, but I mean for me he's not a player who's particularly uh, particularly prolific in the air. But you know, on the deck, I think he's a really, really, really tidy, um, uh, tidy technically gifted player. Um, So, you know, someone who can—he looks to me someone who can probably benefit from a more possession-based style. Um, And I think some of his weaker games under Duff were when you know they were playing against sort of more Route One type teams, Mm. um, and adopting a sort of (laughs) more Route (laughs) One. type type of football, I guess. Um, although, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, right, although to be fair, I don't think Duff's football was even Route 1. It was sort of strange. It was a strange kind of midway where it wasn't Route 1 and it wasn't a possession-based game either. It was sort of some kind of unhappy medium in between. And you could tell a lot of the players were a bit lost trying to figure out what on earth the plan actually was. I mean, certainly in the early stages. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's... Um, I think... I think it is going to be interesting to see how how the style is implemented. I mean, Luke himself has almost kind of put a bit of pressure on himself, saying, Look, you know we're going to get started straight away. um there's not going to be any kind of um waiting around and sort of giving players a break and whatever you know he 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 he's demanding a lot out of players already, and I thought and I wrote a piece on this the other day um, with Charlie Patino. I mean he's is someone whose abilities was always were always almost played down by Duff because um, and I kind of understood that to an extent because he is still a young player, and it's it is a bit unfair perhaps to to sort of um, place a great level of expectation on a young player. But um, the way Luke Williams spoke about him after the game, it's clear that he kind of s- sees players like Patino as as, as mm. quite central. You know, he wants he wants Patino to be a, play a far more advanced role because he sees him as a far more um, far more effective, far more dangerous player I- I- in the final third. Whereas, before and you know i mean this isn't necessarily down to duff because i think he was playing that the, the the same role at blackpool he was kind of at the base of the midfield in that double pivot with with grimes a lot of the time when he was playing um so you know it, it'll be interesting to see how little tweaks like that work out um so it is but yeah it is it, it is going to take time um time to implement and i think i just hope that 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 level of patience is there because you know if 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 say there is and, and there are some tough games coming up um let's not forget i mean birmingham on saturday <laughs> if you'd asked me that two or three weeks ago i think you'd have rubbed your hands and thought i oh, really fancy that But under tony mowbray i mean they, you're expecting a, a massive improvement so you know there are some tough games coming up and you know it, it it's not, it, it's never easy in the championship to implement a new style of football midway through a season. Um, but like you said earlier, I mean, it's, you know, it, they do have that breathing space now. And, and and I just hope Luke makes the most of it really.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, Stephen, because, you, you know, talk about um, the way Michael Duff played and whether it was an in-between style, neither one nor the other. Um, and, sometimes you look at the stats after a game and you think, was that the game I just watched? Because, I mean, when we lost away at Ipswich and for all the stats showed that we dominated that game, um, but we could have conceded six in the first half, if memory serves, it was just really one of those ones where, even though he had tended to have 57, 58% possession or a good lion's share of possession in games as a Swansea City manager, never felt like we dominated the ball. So it was a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah, it
2: was. I mean, that that game's a good example. I remember we started there quite well, didn't we, at Ipswich? And then after conceded a wonder the goal, they were all over us. They created so many good chances. And we could have been out of sight from them by half-time, but we weren't, obviously, because they their finishing wasn't as good as they probably should have been. Um, I think, you look at the last game we had against Huddersfield as well. I mean, they've scored early, haven't they? I mean, they're a poor side, Huddersfield. And then they just decided to sit deep. They were probably thinking, well, we've got our noses in front. We'd still probably take a draw at this stage. So they just sat really deep and, and frustrated us. I mean, we had all the ball. You know, obviously a lot of the, the game was played in the, uh, the final third. But we didn't create many good chances, did we? So, But if we look at the stats, it'll say we had a lot of shots. But I mean, there weren't many particularly good chances. I mean, like, ironically, the, the the one bit of good play was the goal, which was right at the end from um, from Patino. But yeah, sometimes stats can they can manipulate, can't they? I mean, you know, you can use them to to inform an opinion, I think, but you can't base your whole thing on it. And um, you know, they, you know, it, it does depend on on the circumstances at times. And yeah, like I said, there were some games there where we did it right. But then I think some of the games that we won, I think Plymouth's a good example didn't have a huge amount of chances really, but we're, we're quite clinical with with the ones that we got and obviously came away with a really good win. So, yeah, you certainly didn't see the, you know, the, the type of domination of, of possession like you would under some other managers. I like think under Williams, you're going to see that in a lot of games, for example. But yeah, I mean, the the Sunderland game is another example. I think we had the first half an hour of that. We were really poor. Then we dug in in the second half and made ourselves hard to beat. But I think, ironically, the, the sending off, really was was good for for us because um, we just had to just retreat then and frustrate. Whereas against the eleven, we were getting shown up. So yeah, it's it's a funny one at times, isn't it? Stats.
0: Yeah, we could have won that game potentially if Lowe had scored his penalty. But it was obviously that was in the first half. So who knows how the game would have turned out if he did. But um, it is weird. I mean, you can look at it. You have to really watch, trust your own eyes sometimes you and look at it from uh, from that uh, perspective. Um, and, and talking and looking at things with your own eyes, Luke Williams would have had the opportunity to do that. That was a really tedious link-in. Sorry, gents. Um, <laughs> he he, uh, he started in the dugout for the game in the Cup the other night against Morecambe and uh, had an opportunity to watch his uh, his new charges and um, came out with a 2-0 win. Um Tom was. You've mentioned what he met, what he spoke about after the game there with Charlie Patino. It felt like he, he made clear that Sheehan picked the team, but he he definitely wanted hands on. He wanted to have his heel put across, and uh, well, it made the difference, didn't it? Because Patino was in that position to tap home um, early in the second half. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I, I it,
1: it's it's re- it, this is a really difficult game to talk about because I don't know how much there is to read into it. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not Luke's. It wasn't Luke's eleven. Um, you're playing League Two opposition with eleven changes, um, and you know, you, in a game that you know, with respect to Morecambe, you're kind of expected to dominate anyway. Um, but there wasn't really anything to take issue with, to be honest. I thought the first, thought first half, that, that probably could have created a bit more in the final third. But I mean, that's the same story. Throughout the season, isn't it? I mean, the, the build-up I thought was pretty good. Um, looked pretty comfortable in midfield. I mean, they kept Morecambe at arm's length for for pretty much the entire evening, really. Um, but I think I, I think as he touched upon there, though, I, I guess it is important for Patino because I've ne- I've never quite understood why over the last few weeks his his his. Kind of struggled for, for for game time at the moment. I don't think it's done an awful lot um, to, to to stop all these rumours about this uh, alleged move to Italy, which um, you know, just yeah. for some reason just won't go away. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean it, it it was a good performance. I, I thought it was. I mean, he could have had a second one um, just moments after he scored, uh, heading just one of the post. But. You know, Petino, I think, is the kind of player that I think can excite Swans fans. But the problem is I just don't think we've seen it enough. Which kind of sounds a bit unfair because he's I think he's got four goals and four assists, which is better than the tally he had at Blackpool. But yeah. at the same time, I think the expectation levels around him, because we all know how good good technically he is, I think we're still kind of expecting a little bit more. And so to have that sort of first step, I guess, get get getting that goal. Decent performance in the middle, um, you know, just 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 getting some more minutes under your belt um, un, under a new manager. You know, the chance to chance to impress a new manager is part of a sort of a new chapter, as it were. You know, that's that's going to be a positive for him, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think you know, in terms of the o- overall performance, it was it was really kind of what you would sort of expect—a um, a, a comfortable FA Cup. FA Cup win at home against lower league opposition.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty much the best way of summing it up, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, t- Touching on Charlie Patino there, Steve, I think the last few weeks, I think it was, I think it was the Preston game just before. I think I made a comment to you about, he covered every blade of grass. And so the, 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 the sort of shift he's been putting in the last couple of games, um, is kind of she and talked about him being out of the team was nothing to do with those that speculation over his immediate future and it was more about tacticals and, and decision on who'd be best to play. Um when he came he's come back into the team and yeah he's still he's still contributing um to the to the goals and assists but also he's his work rate I've noticed and chucking himself into challenges and stuff and it's really gone up to another level um for me. Luke Williams, a man who likes to attack and score goals and outscore the opposition, if you just have a look at Notts County stats, I mean, it's,
2: it's Charlie Patino's dream, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it was the West Brom game, wasn't it? Not the uh, the Preston one. where oh, West Brom, oh, so Sorry. He came on really early, didn't he, for um, for Liam Walsh? And, That's right, yeah. Yeah, like I say, he, he was everywhere, really, wasn't he? And it it's baffling how he hasn't been getting picked. I mean, the fact that he wasn't did make you think that he was going to go back. But, I mean, Luke Williams should be a, a really good manager for but Patino, I mean, he, he likes ball playing, midfield players, I would have thought, and um, yeah, I think it would make sense to move him into a more advanced position, because that is where he can do his damage, and I think that's something that we should be excited about, we don't really, I was talking to a couple of mates on the way out the other day, and um, we said we don't really have any, like, crowd favourites at the moment, or, or players that excite you when they get on the ball especially, I mean, mm. we're sort of crying out for him, aren't we, I think Patino could be that, maybe, I think he's it, it is strange how he hasn't been playing I think he, he certainly has deserved more minutes than than some people and I think he could be a big player for us in the second half of the season so that is something that we can get excited about I never I don't think Duff ever particularly took to him massively and I think that's that's a strange one really because even for Duff someone that did like a set piece for example he did offer a big threat from them I remember his debut was at West Brom when they, yeah a, a particularly bad performance if we're being honest but we nearly got something because of Good deliveries into the box from set pieces so that does show you that you know you do have that opportunity then as well so I
0: does look like that might be the end
2: of set pieces going in the box mind Steve (laughs) yeah it does um but look it doesn't mean Vettino can't still uh make the odd good assist or anything like that so yeah I'm 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 hopefully we're going to see a lot more of him now and uh, a better manager yeah, absolutely. How would you assess? As we just in
0: the we're in the January transfer window, it doesn't feel like it's Swansea's January transfer window yet, Tom, because we don't normally start doing our business until the last hour or so. Uh, but in terms <laughs> of um, where the squad's at and what Luke Williams has to work with, uh, do you think there's going to be um, a big demand for players to come in? Is he going to get that luxury? Um.
1: Well. I mean, that's always a very difficult question to answer in, in January when you're talking about Swansea City. Um, I think he'll be hopeful of of, of getting, getting some new recruits in. Um, how much of a say he'll get in terms of new players I think will be very interesting because I think Swansea are operating on a transfer model that's very much driven by Paul Watson and you know, who's very, keen on, and I've mentioned this in a couple of pieces, you know, he's very keen on sort of data analysis and going by the numbers and sort of essentially emulating what's been going on at Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, what I thought was interesting, I didn't actually realise this until until yesterday, um, but Notts County actually operated a very, very similar model mm. uh, in terms of their recruitment, which I think possibly might have been a big Box to tick in terms of Williams getting the job, because I think he, as a manager, this is the sort of environment. I think he'll probably be used to working within. Um, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't have his own view on what he feels he needs. But I mean, certainly before Williams came in, I think Swansea had already identified what areas needed to be improved. I mean, it's clear they need they they need, need goals. They need a striker. Um, that's painfully obvious um equally obvious is um a bit of pace and athleticism at wide so a winger um ideally two but let's not get greedy <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> because because once again we're talking about swansea city and this is a january transfer window so it's not a time to get greedy i mean those two positions alone though are very difficult to recruit in january uh, especially when funds are tight i I know Andy Coleman and Paul Watson have said in the past that there there is money to spend, but I'm personally not, not entirely convinced by that. Um, I mean, I think there will be a small amount of money to spend, but I don't, for instance, I don't see them going out and spending 5 million on Dion Charles, for example. I don't see that. I don't see something like that happening. So I I could, I could maybe see, you know, a mil, two mil maybe, but um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not expecting big money to be exchanged, which opens up questions, obviously, about the loan market. Um, now, obviously, Swansea already have five loanies on board. and I, I think if they're going to get anyone else, they're going to have to shift someone, um, which, again, I think will add further fuel to the rumours around Charlie Patino. Um, although it's worth stressing at the moment that there's no indication that, that he'll be recalled. I don't think Luke Williams will want him to go back to Arsenal because as as we've just covered, I think he might well see him as, as an important player. Um, Harrison Ashby, could he go back? He's not had a lot of game time recently. He, um, I know he's back in the building with Swans at the moment, but you know, it's not not been a roaring success, has it? I mean, mm. I, I, I probably haven't helped by backing him as my pre-season player to watch. Uh, <laughs> the of um, so I do apologise to him for that. But you know, it could could they perhaps think, well, you know, maybe he can go back and we can I mean obviously that that, that decision at the end of the day will go will be mainly down to Newcastle. Um, but if they want to get low knees on board, I think that's going that's those are the sort of decisions they're gonna to have to make. Um yeah. in terms about wide. I mean Yannick Balassi has he really done enough to earn a contract? Not for me. Um, I'm not personally convinced I think there's been a lot of endeavor there a lot of effort but not a lot of not a lot of out not a lot of actual tangible output so I'm not sure he'll be seen as the solution to to the problems out wide um and i think the one the one other position i think that they might look at is is at the at the foot of midfield um because i think you know that there, there is a feeling that the likes of Matt Grimes and that don't get enough protection in midfield, um, which I can kind of, kind of understand. I think there's definitely been certain games where Grimes has been roughed out of contention and roughed out of you know being able to dictate games in the way we know he can. Um, I mean, I really like Jay Fulton, and I think you know he, again, lots of endeavour, but does he really have the quality? I think mm. some might say that. You know, there might be better options out there, and I don't. I, I know that sounds harsh on Jay because you know, he's not not done anything particularly wrong. But you know, is there perhaps um, a level up to, to go there? Um, those for me are, are the key areas that that you are going to be looking at. Um, how successful they will be. I mean, it's so. You, I mean, you boys know, know know better than I do. It's it's very very difficult to predict. Swansea City transfer window. Certainly when I've been, as long as I've been covering them, um, as long as I've been working at Wales Online, mm. it's almost been, it's been quite rare that you've had just a, a, a fully functional, relaxed, nice, calm, measured <laughs> transfer window. It's normally chaotic and um, very often pretty disappointing. So I think, yeah, I, I, I I'm... I'm away. I, I, I think they do have targets. I think there probably are names that they're looking at. Um, some of those names, I'm sure, will 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 come out over the next few weeks.
0: But sure an interesting one, Tom, is um, you just touched on the loan situation. Jamal Lowe's situation is a bit of an odd one, given that he's on a season-long loan here. His contract expires at the end of it. Um, but Obviously, he's going to be on much bigger wages than we're prepared to offer at the moment, and that would have to be a conversation. Whether or not we want to keep him beyond the summer is another question as well. But that would be a situation that could be looked into because I'm sure Bournemouth essentially are saying they're going to let him go in the summer anyway because he's out of contract. Um, if they were to want to keep him on and a conversation could be had with him to say, right, OK, then we'll, we'll try and just take you off Bournemouth's hands. But, of course... We just might be a stumbling block there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's a fair point. I think that will all depend on whether whether Jamal Lowe is seen as kind of being in Swansea's long-term plans. I don't yes. really think we've got an answer to that yet. Because, I mean, from from what I understand, Lowe was sort of signed because he was kind of available and Swansea just lost Pirro and essentially needed a forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why initially it was only for up until January that move, but I think that it was later renegotiated to be the end of the season. so I think he was kind of seen i know it feels a bit probably feels a bit unfair to uh, on the lab for me to say this, but I think he was kind of seen as a bit of a stop gap until yes. the summer or until or until January I should say and now I think whether he's done enough to really to really catch the eye and to really force people into thinking that he has a long term future here Um, I I don't know if
0: we really have an answer to that question yet Um, he's so streaky isn't he he's so streaky like when he first came back I thought this is a real different Jamal Lowe I thought wow this player's evolved he's matured and I can see some consistency in his game and now, for the last six weeks or so, he's gone again. <laughs> I, just, I can't see a player in him anymore, which is, which is so disappointing because he's not been able to... In his first stint at Swansea as well, it was exactly the same. He, he just seemed to have these spells where he could score in five games on the bounce, and then he'd be anonymous for the next seven or eight. I, I think it is a bit difficult for him, though, because I mean he's not, he's not an out-and-out
1: striker. He never has been. And um, I know he's not really played that role, but you know, the, the front three in general have sometimes felt a little bit isolated at times um, especially during the last few few weeks and you know solving that is going to be a big a big issue for him a big issue for for, for Luke Williams um my issue with Jamal Lowe is i i, I just wish there was a bit a little bit more pace in there a little bit more um a little bit more athleticism um i think sometimes as well and this isn't this isn't his fault at all but i think sometimes he does look a little bit isolated in games yeah. um Jerry Yates, I think, suffers from a similar problem. But then, you know, the counter argument to that is Jerry Yates has still managed to score, what, what is it, six goals, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he, Jamal Lowe is not really a natural goal scorer, but he's not really done enough to kind of convince us he's a creator either at the moment. So, finding that kind of role for him. I, I, I think if you can get the best out of Jamal Lowe, he is a player that's worth having, but we just haven't seen it this season. And it will be, it'd be interesting to see how, how Luke Williams handles that one because he might well feel that there's a, there's a player worth having in there. Um, I mean, you could say the same about Liam Cullen in my, in in my opinion. I I know Cullen is a bit of a Marmite character with a lot of fans. Um, but I think he's turned in quite a few similar performances at times. Um, He's country. a
0: finisher, which I think is something that, you know, whether you like his build-up play in his overall game or not, I think one thing you do think is if he gets the ball um, 12 yards out, 15 yards out, you'd back him, wouldn't you? And I think that's something that if you look at, um, I forget his name now, Uh who's the Notts County 42-goal um, scorer? Oh, yeah absolutely sorry mind um, main, main blank then um, but again as a player that from what I've read not necessarily excelling at any sort of particular area not a monster in the air not blistering pace etc but and absolutely reliable finisher and if Williams is going to be talking about these positions these moves I mean Jerry Yates has already mentioned uh, Tom about the fact that first thing Williams said was this is where I want you to be on the pitch this is where I want you to move to and working on that side of things it was music to Yates's ears. might well be similar in that regard to Cullen to be like if you are playing I want you to be here to finish off everyone else's hard work because you're the guy who can stick it in the back of the net
1: yeah absolutely and. Um- you know, I would I would hope that similar conversations are going on with Jamal Lowe because, you know, I mean, I, you, you say he's streaky and I, I think I would agree with that. But, like, certainly when he's had good games, he's definitely shown himself to be a player that's that, yeah. that, that can do some damage to teams and can, can harm teams. Um, but I just feel, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that he just looks a bit lost at the moment. I just don't really, I don't really know what he's kind of sort of supposed to be doing in the team at the moment. Um, And I think he kind of maybe feels a bit like that himself. Um, That might be, I mean, perhaps that's a really unfair assessment of things. No, I don't think
0: so. uh,
1: But, you know, it's, it's certainly not been easy for any player, I think, to sort of find any kind, I mean, I mentioned, I used the word directionless earlier, but like when the whole club is kind of in that sort of pit of uncertainty, you know, as a player, it must be quite difficult to know what your role is and what you're supposed to be doing individually on the pitch um and I just feel there's just been a bit bit too much of that with Jamalarlo, but yeah let's let's hope Luke can, can get the best out of him, and you know I think there's several others who you can probably say you, you could go up another level um so yeah they're, they're, let's 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 see what the next few weeks bring.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Steve, Tom mentioned a little bit earlier on about the fact of whether or not we're going to have the money to spend in January. Is it potentially going to be more business and the revolving door going the other way, even if it is to, to, to fund sort of moves coming in? Do we expect to see one or two maybe leave?
1: Oh, we've lost
2: Steve. <laughs> i Oh, I'm on mute. That's what it is. <laughs> something <Sorry>. go on. <laughs> right. Did you get the question? Yeah, I got the question. Right. I'll crack on now. Um, yeah, from my point of view, I, I think there should be a few going out because I think we've um, that there are too many players here. I mean, let's, let's start with the the Dutch left back, uh, Joa on or whatever his name is. I mean, we've not seen him at all. I mean, surely he's got to have a lung spell or something. He's not getting the look in whatsoever. I mean, if you if you didn't start the other day, uh, unless you've had an injury issue or something like that then, you know, you should be a bit concerned, I think. look at kukurevich sort of, in the same way. I mean, he, he didn't start, did he? So, that tells you, arguably, you made 11 changes and you still can't get in the team. But, yeah, yes. I, I think yeah. even one or two that did play the other day, I mean, for me, Norton should not have had another contract. I mean, that was a, a too far too much of a generous move. I don't think he's going to go anywhere at this stage. But, I mean, he shouldn't have had one, for example. I mean, we should be... I I think one or two could go I mean is Nathan Wood potentially going to go as an interesting one because we know there was interest in the summer from Southampton I mean would they be interested again I mean possibly I think we arguably should have maybe sold I mean but we didn't and his value may have gone down now since so that's not ideal is it we didn't learn a lesson there from over Femi did we where um, you know we probably should have sold in the summer and then his value dropped and we had to just take any deal because he was a pain in the backside so I mean, but and also we may need to sell to, to have money to bring in. We've got to be realistic here. We spent a few quid in the summer, spent it badly, but we did spend it. So, you know, there isn't a bottomless pit of money here. So we've got to be realistic about that as well, I think. So I'm not convinced you're going to see huge business here um, doing this window. You might see the odd one, but I mean, like Thomas said, loans look like a, a smart move usually around this time of year. But obviously we've got five at the moment. So something's going to have to give if we're going to go down that route. Just,
1: just very quickly on on Nathan Toonon and Kuka Ravich, from, from from what I understand, both those players, they're not they're not signings for now. They 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 kind of been described to me as ones for the future, and I think you know because I mean Toonon in particular, with the price tag he's had, I think a lot of people have read a lot into that, and have sort of thought, well, why the hell's he not playing? Um, but I think there's a sort of feeling that he's not quite ready for first team football yet at this level, but I, I would agree with Steve. I, I think he definitely needs a loan spell away. Um, Ravich, I don't really know either way because he's either not played or he's been injured, um, so I don't know. I mean, he's shown flashes that that of, of of promise, I guess. I mean, scored a great goal against against Millwall, but not really seen an awful lot else. I mean, he looks, he looks a decent target, man. But I mean, when he first turned up, he just didn't look fit to me. Um, So he's definitely got a lot to prove, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not, I'm not quite sure if maybe he might go out on loan as well. I mean, because, because he's a a young lad too. Don't forget. But yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, sometimes the expectations on those two are perhaps a little too high because I think, they are, they have been described several times to me as two players who are very much, very
2: much ones for the future rather than for the here and now. I think the issue I've got with that though is that we did spend a few quid on them and you're yeah. thinking they're ones for the future. Can Swansea really afford to buy play players like that for the future? And, and that is, and that is a very, very, very fair point. But I think, you
1: know, it's if a player they believe is going to be, you know, something, something decent further down the line and they can get him for a fraction of the price that he might be worth in three or four years. You can kind of see the sense in it. I do agree, though, that it is that it is a gamble. And um, so far, so far, you could argue it's a gamble that hasn't hasn't paid many dividends. Um, in that we've not really seen. I mean, to and on. We've not really seen him even really knocking on the door of the first team yet, have we? Um, so it's very difficult to, to to really get a grasp of what kind of progress if any players like him are making so I, I do take your point Steve but I, I, I'm just I'm just saying that's thats kind of the explanation behind what's going on with those two really
2: you yeah I mind. guess well in the next couple of years we'll have our answer won't we but I don't, <laughs> don't mind paying like money for people like we did with Peru, for example but the idea was yeah he is one for the future but we also think he can be in the team now so I think that's the that's where, what the issue is but look we'll have to We'll have to wait and see, won't we? But
0: that not just really epitomized Swansea's lack of joined up thinking in the summer, though, gents, in that Kukurevich has been brought in for, we'll say, reported fee between two million or around that figure. Um, that's a big chunk of Swansea's budget. And were the men doing the sc- scouting and identifying players to fit into Michael Duff's style of play? Were they expecting someone? Because Michael Duff barely used him. I know he was injured a lot of the time, but even when he was fit and available, he'd come on for like the last three minutes of a match. And you're thinking, and even in that little bit of cameos he was having, he was, as Tom's saying, showing little glimpses. Like he had a couple of shots that just whizzed over the bar and stuff, and he, he got on the end of things and made himself a nuisance. But what can you do with five minute cameos? It's just. If he'd come in for 250k, you'd say, well, this is this can be a long-term project. Is there potential there, Tom? Do you think that maybe what someone thought would be a long-term project, someone else went out and bought someone who really needs to start for the price tag?
1: I think there's definitely an argument for that, particularly in, in terms of how the season's gone. Um, I mean, I can, yeah. it's It's a tricky one at the moment because Swansea for so long in terms of young players coming through, I've really kind of looked to their academy. Uh, And I know there's a couple of really bright prospects coming through, like Sam Parker, for example, looks a really tidy player. But I, and no no one's actually ever said this to me, but I've always kind of had the feeling that there's not as much confidence in the level of talent coming through as perhaps there used to be. So I think, you know, I'm not massively surprised that they might be looking further afield for younger players. Um, but, I mean, some of it, some of it, even on that point, though, I mean, it's still been a little bit odd at times. I mean, Christian Fletcher was a really, really strange loan signing because it just yeah, seemed yeah. to be completely for the benefit of DC United rather than Swansea. Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, he looked a very, very tidy player at the under 21's level. 17 goals, I think he scored.
2: And we were crying out for peace
1: and width. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if you're going to bring players into the, into the academy and you haven't got an awful lot of money to spend, you I mean, your academy is going to be even more of a, I mean, we all know this point already. I mean, because it's been, it's been the case ever since Swansea, Swansea went down. You know, the academy has been the sort of fertile breeding ground of talent. And, but if you're going to bring players in who are just going to take up a space and then just, Bugger off again. I, I I don't understand the thinking of that. I've never really understood
0: what was going on with Fletcher. Is that um, could that be as as cynical as that sounds, could that just be Jason Levian thinking, well <laughs> the, 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 my 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 home club, my DC United there gets a chance to have a Starboy boy getting some um, using Swansea City's training facilities. That is a really cynical way of looking at it, but the man leaves me into this cynicism, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, Look, I mean, I think you've touched on a wider point about Swansea, which is,
1: you know, the lack of proper explanation into some of these decisions, and that is just one example. I mean, you can't help but be cynical because it just creates this vacuum of information that inevitably is going to get filled with negativity and conspiracy theories. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just going to happen. But that's, that, and, you know, I think the manager search was, the, was another example. I mean, one of the frustrations wasn't necessarily... The fact that Swansea didn't have a manager is the fact that a lot of fans just didn't have a bloody clue what was going on. Yeah, I mean yeah. they didn't even know where the search was. And you know, when you brought when you bring someone like Andy Coleman in, who's supposedly going to be a sort of go between between you know what's happening on the ground and the Americans, and you know, he constantly emphasised the importance of communication and uh, how you know it was, it was the importance of being transparent and this, that, and the other. And I don't think. I don't think fans felt like they saw enough of that during that managerial search. So th- yep. there's all these kind of examples that are going on that you just can't quite really explain, and it just leaves them vulnerable then to criticism. So I don't think it's necessarily cynical to to to, to say that because I mean, at the end of the day, what what are you supposed to think? I mean, it's it's it, if if they're not offering a counter explanation for it, then what is? You know, what are what are supporters supporters supposed to think? I mean, you can't you can't then turn around and then and then be unhappy with how supporters are
0: reacting. Oh, you're absolutely right. Well one of the players that potentially could come through, especially if we're looking at um what Luke Williams might like and what he might have to deal with and we're talking about people who can stick the ball in the back of and net something we need is Carol Wilson, who's uh, you know, alongside Fletcher, has had a great season um, for the young for the youngsters, and potentially is he one, Tom? You think could start featuring, you know, on the bench, getting five minutes here or there at the end of games, and is that something that Luke Williams, to your understanding, would be in favour of? Is he is he one that will go down the route of youth? Um, I I I I, I maybe.
1: Um. But whether that's because he favours that or whether it's out of necessity, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, 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 in a way, though, I mean, if Wilson's good enough, it doesn't. The justification for it, or the reasons behind it, don't really matter. No. Uh, but I mean, look, I'll level with you. I, I've not, I've not seen an awful lot of Wilson, but um, no. from what I understand, he is very much seen, along with Sam Parker, as kind of the next cow off the rank, as it were. Yeah. Uh, certainly. Whenever I had conversations about Fletcher with people at Swansea, he, Wilson was kind of seen, or was kind of put forward as someone who was sort of the head in the pecking order, as it were. So he's clearly very highly thought of. Mm. Obviously, he's been on, he's been in a few matchday squads already. Mm. Um, I think the problem that problem that he might have is uh, is you know where where exactly, when exactly is he going to get that game time when exactly is he going to get that chance um whereas i think parker because he's playing in a position where there's not an awful lot of other options <laughs> you know yeah. and wide and on the wing you know is he is he it, it kind of feels like perhaps there's it, it, it's kind of easier
0: for him to sort of i guess get a chance i don't know i mean what, I suppose you asked the question, Tom, as well. What In what situation do you want to bring a striker off the bench? It tends to be when you, you need a goal and you then look yeah. at the likes of Cullen or maybe, you know, not very often we're in a position where we're three or four nil up and we can go, well, let's, let's roll out a few of the youngsters. Yeah, but I mean, you know,
1: we were talking about Kukurevich earlier. Mm-hmm. If you're Kukurevich and you're on the bench with Wilson and Wilson gets the nod ahead of you, oof. That's that says something, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. so I don't know. This, it, it, it. it, it I, I do take, I do take the point, and I can see why there is some kind of um, clamour for for perhaps something something new because scoring goals has occasionally been a problem for Swansea. But you know, I, I mean, I like I said because I haven't seen enough of Wilson, I can't really yeah give, give a, a a good opinion as to what he may offer that, that that the Swansea don't already have, or you know where he might potentially fit in. But what I would say is is that I think it's 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 a lot it's a lot harder for uh, for a striker to be given a chance in the current circumstances than it is for say a Sam Parker. Perhaps he should. I mean, perhaps the Cup should have really been the opportunity to do it. I guess. But then again, you know, it's like. Clearly, there's a pecking order, and the likes of Kukaravich, I think, are probably are probably ahead. But could Williams look at it? I maybe, maybe. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, we're 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 not. I don't think there's any kind of um, there's nothing to suggest that that he won't at least have a look at him. I mean, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I asked him after the game against Morgan about you know the likes of Sam Parker and 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 Azim. I mean, Azim, I thought actually played. Pretty well on on Saturday as well. It's nice to mm-hmm. see him back after after so long away. Um, and you know, I asked, are, are these players giving you something to think about? And you know, he was very enthusiastic about that. So perhaps that kind of hints at yeah. um, a, a willingness, I guess, to sort of look further and further down within, as it, as it were. So I wouldn't be surprised if Wilson gets it, but I mean, gets a look in, but whether he's kind of going to be knocking on the door, I, I simply have no
0: idea at this stage. Well, and who knows? Who does know? Because he's only just come into the club. Um... And and also it's not just a continuation of what we had with Duff and Shea. And this is taking it back into an old direction. So he could have very much we could expect a certain thing, having been thought oh, this is the way it's gonna go, going to be different direction. The manager only just walked into the door, he probably doesn't know himself yet. So, I mean the January transfer window is gonna be something that we are gonna see evolve. The more Luke Williams is here, the more we can see what sort of Um, player he might want to look for. He's probably not even 100% sure himself having only just come back, but it'll be really interesting to see where that goes. Um, We will see uh, his first game as uh, first league game, I should say, sorry, as a Swans manager on the weekend uh, away to Birmingham, um, which as you said earlier, Tom, it was something a week or two ago, you'd go, what a great first league game for him to come into. The club is a mess. Um, but they themselves have just uh, sacked and replaced the manager in double-quick time. Uh, well, everything's double-quick compared to Swans, isn't it? But, um, I mean, Steve, you're looking, at, <laughs> you're looking at them now with Tony Mowbray, a very safe pair of hands in this league, and um, they offer a different prospect now.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, they were in a good position, weren't they, when they decided to make the managerial change? I mean, Birmingham did it a few years ago, didn't they, when they sacked Gary Rowett and brought Zola in. And that was probably even more disastrous than what's just happened with Rooney. But, um, yeah, Mowbray is, you know, a decent manager at this level. Um, has had some success here. Um, I think it's, it's quite a solid appointment in that he wouldn't. I mean, the way Birmingham were going, they were sliding down, really, weren't they, towards the. Um, the bottom of the table, potentially a relegation candidate, and you'd have you'd thought Tony Mowbray will pull him away from it. It, it does make it a, a trickier game, I would have thought. Um, it's quite tough to tell, though, really, what will happen. The good thing is that Luke Williams has had a full week on the training ground. You wouldn't expect uh, room to be built in a day, obviously, but what I remember is uh, at Blackburn, uh, <laughs> Russell Martin's <laughs> will <defend> first Blackburn.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: he had, obviously he'd only had a week, but you could see what we were trying to do. It's a bit of a car crash, but you could see instantly what you know the intention was. And I think Michael Duff had, had seven weeks and I, I couldn't tell after the first game what he was trying to do. And I couldn't really tell at the end of it either. So the, I think you will see some signs from what Luke Williams wants from us at the weekend. It will be by no means the finish article. But um, yeah, I think it's a game that is quite difficult to call now, really. I think I was feeling reasonably optimistic, I would say probably, if Rooney was still there. But now that he's not and the booming of of, uh, appointed a manager, it's, I guess, like a a typical championship game. You don't know what's going to happen. It'd be
0: interesting. I mean, I think if there's anything, and I'm taking all crumbs of comfort here, Tom, looking ahead, and I'm I'm really positive and optimistic about this appointment. Um, And when, Russell Martin came in in 15 seconds, 20 seconds into the game. Joel Latabodier volleyed a shot at Stephen Bender. I mean, Steve looked at each other and thought, "Okay, this is Russell Martin means business. He's he's literally football at all costs." Um, and this was an extremity that I don't think any of us had ever seen before. A lot of those players from Russell Martin's, we only ended six months ago, are still here and and more aligned now. To being tapped back into in the sort of footballing sense than maybe they were when uh, Martin came in over Cooper.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I look. I'm not. I'm not expecting as much of a shock to the system as that no. first first game under Russell Martin was. I don't think. I think it would be unfair to to sort of expect Luke Williams to be the second coming of Russell Martin because you know, it's not going to be exactly the same. There are going to be differences. I mean, in fact, I was, I was actually asking luke afterwards when we sat down like what is you know we were talking about whether he was comfortable with the fact that he is inevitably going to get compared with russell martin i mean it's just just going to happen being his number two um i mean i just think it's quite funny that his first home league game is going to be against russell martin (laughs) against against southampton Um, what a game that might be well yeah and those those comparisons are just going to go into overdrive aren't they but i mean when when asked what the differences were i mean he sort of took a moment. He and he was like, "Well, to, to 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 sum it up, put it this way: I had two goalkeepers last season, and both of them had had an assist by the end of the season." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so he he's yes, he likes to play through the phases. Yes, he likes to dominate possession, but at the risk of, and I know people will will, will dread me saying this because it was a very it was a very popular catchphrase under Michael Duff but I think there will be some kind of possession with purpose. I don't think it's going to be tippy-tapping around in in the sim, similar sort of way that
0: Russell You just have to look at Notts County's record last season, really. Don't you have to see that this man doesn't just want to keep the ball, he wants to score, and he wants to score a lot. Yeah, well, I think it, in a way, though, he's kind
1: of I, I backed up the Duff soundbite with his brand of football without giving the soundbite, if that makes sense, because Duff yes. had the soundbite, but didn't have anything to back it up with. He was constantly talking about possession with purpose. And yet, you know, we didn't ever really kind of see that. Um, but I think I definitely, I'm definitely expecting a bit more pragmatism about Luke Williams and, than, than perhaps Russell Martin has. And I think that's probably the one big criticism you can make of Russell Martin is that he was so dedicated to, to how he wanted to play football that, kind of couldn't really see past it. And sometimes that can catch you out in the championship, especially if you're at at a team like Swansea City where resources aren't aren't perhaps as good as like a Southampton or a Leicester or whatever. You know, you kind of have to make the best of of, of what you've got and be better than some of your parts uh, at at, at times. Um, So I do expect a bit of that, a bit more of that. But um, certainly I think we're going to see... in the midst of all that, I think we are still going to see something that does closely or more closely resemble um what many would consider to be a, a sort of traditional Swansea city way of playing um, and you know I, I think it doesn't have to be as 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 kind of extreme as Russell Martin's brand of football was. I mean possession based football doesn't have to doesn't have to necessarily look like that. there's more than one way to to skin a cat um so. I'm expecting bits of it, but I don't I think anyone who's expecting to turn up and watch a sort of carbon copy of a Russell Martin team, I think is probably gonna be probably gonna be disappointed. But um I don't I, I think I do think it will be like well, well, I hope it will be an effective brand of football. Um, but whether he's got the t- tools to implement it we'll we'll have to wait and see and obviously, you know, January's a good time to to dip to dip in and hopefully hopefully strengthen along the way as well,
0: yeah, definitely um Tom just mentioned there, Steve, about the fact that there's more than one way to play possession football. This is something that we spoke about for the two years of Russell Martin's reign, wasn't it? And uh, we talked about there might not necessarily be a necessity to like the short goal kick routine and stuff like that. And Russell Martin spoke at length about why he did that pull opposition players out of position. But looking at the raw data of that, I'm sure we conceded a lot more goals than we did score from those sorts of situations. Now, um, when we talk about more than one way to play possession football. We look at the most successful time we had under the likes of Martinez, the likes of Rogers. and they played stunning football. But in the certain areas of the pitch we wanted. to, you wanted your... When we played the ball out from the back, for example, we used the likes of Angel Rangel or Neil Taylor or whatever it may be, working our way up the pitch through the, through the flanks. And we obviously had the likes of Dyer. Later on, then we had Routledge and stuff, and we were able to use them... If we lost the ball there, we lost it for a throw-in. We didn't lose it with a one-on-one with the goalkeeper. So if we do have that more um, attack-minded mindset, it doesn't necessarily have to be working those triangles around our own 18-yard box. And there are ways of doing it, which are still hugely entertaining, but they are possession-based football without necessarily being as 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 risky and extreme as as, as the Martin style and Tom said it could be very different he was assistant here but Russell Martin would have had his own views on
2: how he wanted to play the game yeah I think that there's obviously going to be similarities because they wouldn't have worked together if they didn't share a similar philosophy but I do think goal kick wise you, you may see the return of that which isn't something I'm I'm a huge fan of. I think that's taking things a bit too far, as we were saying. Um, I think, though, as we've said, Notts County, were, in terms of goals, were, we're crazy, really. can uh, scored a hell of a lot of them, so they must be a lot more threatening going forward. Certainly, maybe not waiting for so long to try maybe a killer pass or something like that. So, I think that's got to be a good thing sometimes because you can pass it to death and get nowhere. So, yes, I think there's going to be differences aren't there and um, I actually think there might be better differences because uh, we would bemoan the fact sometimes that we'd just, we just you might be in the opposition's half for just passing it from side to side and no one's really making a move the opposition of Saturday. Our defenders were riskier
0: than our attackers at times wouldn't Yeah they?
2: They it did feel like that didn't it? And I think as you say there's a time and a place sometimes and I'm not saying that defenders should be lumping the ball or anything but you would feel as if <clears throat> sometimes the we would be taking far more chances than we should be in those areas. And then going forward, everyone would just sort of wait for something to happen. Whereas that's probably not the way to go, certainly from my point of view, but look, the, we, we'll soon see when we will have, uh, after Saturday, we'll, we'll have one or two more answers. I think uh, it's going to take a while before we have most of them, but yeah, we'll, you know, we, we'll be able to say a bit more, I think um, on next week's pod about uh, what we've seen. and you know, well, for example, what, what, how is he going to set up in terms of formation? I mean, is he going to go with wide players, or is he going to go with wing backs? It's, um, mm. you know, that is a question that we will we'll have an answer for on next week.
1: That that, yeah. that 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 point about riskiness at the back, though. I mean, I think the one thing that I will say is that perhaps a worrying similarity is um, the amount of goals that count nots conceded under Luke Williams. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think it's what forty-seven goals in twenty-six games. Which is m- pretty, I mean, that's mental
2: for a team in the top six. Yeah. Well, you have to score your way out of it, oh, anyway, because that is arguably just relegation. I think we I'm saw interested. a video a couple of weeks ago of Notts County. I think they
0: conceded four, and all four of them were absolutely horrific goals to concede. Mm. But I think the, the positive thing on that was unprompted, he
1: acknowledged that that was something that was perhaps a weakness at, at, at Notts County. So I think he is aware of that. But in terms of actually how they defend, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if perhaps there are a couple of nervy moments um, uh, during his time at Swansea City. I, I, I hope that they can find some sort of defensive solidity because, you know, if you build that, you can go a long way in the championship. And I think, again, you know, we're talking about you know, how it was under Russ. Yeah. Just put simply, they just conceded too many goals. Uh, and,
0: and it was... Like really, really frustratingly silly goals um, it's really away. interesting is that Colin Calderwood's gone to Southampton and I think they're like 16, 17 games unbeaten now, aren't they, Southampton? And he was touted to come here under Russell Martin for a period, wasn't he, and help on the defensive side. So maybe there is a sense of evolution there from that point of view. And whether Luke Williams, as you mentioned, if he's acknowledged it, is that something that's in the forefront of his mind of, of addressing? I hope so. I hope so, yeah. And, and look, I think, there's some decent defensive
1: options here at Swansea. I mean, you know, Nathan Wood, I think is slowly, but surely creeping back to being the player that I think we all, we all knew he, he can be. Um, I'm a big, I'm still a big bash here. Humphreys fan. Um, Harry Darling, someone that's worked with Luke before. So, you know, you would hope is someone that maybe he can get the best out of. You know, there's, there's options here. And yeah. so, you know, I think there's a, a decent foundation for him to build. But, you know, it's just a question of whether going back to sort of that style of football is going to, I don't know, create weaknesses in in, in that back line again. I don't know. But um, certainly all the tools, all the tools are there. He's just got to figure out a way of sort of using them correctly and putting all the pieces in the right places. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that That's kind of how it feels at the moment. I mean, in terms of areas to work on within the squad, you'd have to say that at the back it's probably where Swansea probably look strongest. Um, mm. I don't know if everyone would agree with that, but certainly there's no, there's not as many obvious shortcomings, I should
0: say, than there perhaps are elsewhere on elsewhere on the team. No, I think that's a fair comment. To be honest, we do have a few options there, and. Um... You know, at least the starting eleven. Whether you, whether you'd look at the bench and think, "Oh, maybe," but starting eleven, even with the injuries we've had, like Sir Josh Key and Harris Nashby being out, we've 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 managed to cope. And we whether Humphries has played out there or Darling or whatever, we've managed to cope. So I think it shows that we have got a bit of depth and in, in that in those areas. But
2: um, but I can't see anyone saying in January that we need to bring in uh, a, a defender. Really, that's probably no. the best way of describing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and I, I think. I, I think
1: that was just a long-winded way of, of saying, of saying what, uh, what, what
0: Steve's just said there really I mean, yeah I've got to be honest I've talk, thinking about the last what has been about 30 not 30 20, 26, years whatever it has been since I've been actively like in in watching this one season or whatever It's this is probably the appointment that's weirdly sort of excited me the most because we've either normally gone for a in the, in the rubbish times in the in the Premier League towards the end, we've gone to someone who maybe has a track record, but perhaps you, you give up a little bit of experimentation with that. Or you go for someone completely untested and you don't know whether it's going to be a success or failure. And this is the first time I feel like really excited because you have that tendency to go forward. We need to go for someone young, ambitious, wants to prove themselves, which Luke Williams still is. Having just come from, obviously, the Notts County situation um, into this one is a massive jump up for him. But also you do have that grounding of what well, we know that his style, when he's applied it at a level, has got evidence that it works. So it's exciting. I'm really excited about it. And I'm you know, just looking forward to where it can go. Um, hope he gets the backing and the trust to, to do it, really. But, um who knows? We'll see. We'll see. It's the start of a new dawn, start of a new era at Swansea City. I always do this, Tom, at the end of a pod. I ask Steve for a little bit of a, a little bit of a pick me up. It has been needed this season. But I think the last couple of pods we've been we've been quite covered with talking about uh, Luke Williams' arrival. Have you got anything to to shine on us for uh, to end this pod, Steve? Uh,
2: yeah, Birmingham Saturday train trip, first one of the season. Um. Yeah, what's not to like um, should be a good day hopefully it'll be capped off with three points so um, yeah can't wait yeah
0: fair play looking forward to that one um, Tom thank you so much for joining on this pod it'd be an absolute delight I do understand now you're taking a, b- a bit of sabbatical for work with uh, with childcare come incoming and you're back for deadline day that is going to be a fun return to work for you mate yeah well I hope it is
1: Um Hopefully, um, Swansea will have done all of their business before I get back. But I'm not holding my breath. I mean, the last the last one I was hanging around for, well, up until well, well into the night, really, while everyone else had gone to the pub because it was Friday night, and I was still waiting on uh, Swansea to confirm. I think it was four signings. So yeah, something nice and easy would be would be a, a nice easy way to, uh, to 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 ease my way back into into work after paternity leave would be uh, very much appreciated but uh unfortunately I'm, I'm i'm not sure i'm not sure the swans
0: will deliver on that front no you are familiar with Swansea city the football club are you <laughs> you've yeah. so been renowned for <laughs> absolutely absolutely man. absolutely it's are. been an absolute delight having you on tom thank you so much and uh, hopefully we'll get you on again uh, at some other point once um once you're once you're back in work, and we can see where the land lies with uh, Swansea City. If you'll uh, if you'll have if you'll come on again, absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me. Brilliant, and Steve, as ever, thank you so much, and thank you for listening to this podcast. Fully eighty eighty five minutes or so of it, whatever it is now. Um, thanks for sticking with us, and uh, join us again next week. We'll be chatting more about the Swans, Birmingham, Luke Williams, and everything in between. Bye bye.